I hit record right now. I just did. I hit record. Wow. You can't stop it now. Living dangerously. <laughs> so uh, people should know that Dan Duran, who obviously has the best voice on the program, is uh, injured today, Fred. Mm. Yes, he is. He's a little under the weather. <clears throat> yeah, it's worked its way. I've, I've, I've felt it at uh, a cold a couple days ago. And, uh, you know, it's just leaky nose. Now it's stuff mm. nose. Today is stuff nose phase. So hopefully it'll be gone by tomorrow, but who knows? Are, are you going to test yourself or is that a question that is still asked? Uh, oh, you mean for the, you think this would be a COVID test? Uh, could yeah, be. What, what do I know? What you know, Fred, I, know? I was just going to ask Dan, but I knew the answer. I forgot that I, I was going to ask Dan if he'd had the COVID, but I remembered that he also had it in France last fall yeah. as much as myself. Right, but I don't. I, is like getting a you know a cold. Is that one of the symptoms? I oh, thought it yes. was. Danny, of course it is. Yep. Okay. When I had COVID in August, I had the runny nose and a cough. Yes. Oh. Well, yeah. Especially if you've lost your dog, and I'm not kidding. They say that if you've lost it, it's, it definitely compromises your immune system. Hmm. Well, I, I remember Doctor Fauci saying that if you lose your dog, you right. get COVID. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what he said. Get tested. Wow. Have you? So, number one, do you have a cold? Number two, have you lost your dog recently? Number three, get tested. <laughs> okay. There's a, there's a ask Jamie Saleh. Oh, I was just going to, dude. I've there's a that, connection. That, I know. There, there's a connection. Anybody that loses their dog shouldn't have got the vaccine. I have think you, that's Have it, you right. seen that list? The list of people, people she want, should, that she want that she, she wants want. to see publicly executed, yeah, <laughs> including the prime minister. Yeah. Prime she's minister. Okay, a, well, we'll get to that later. Okay, she's I, not a whack job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. And uh, okay, well, we got to. We're going to talk a little bit of Jamie Soleil, and and we haven't really <clears throat> leaned into the Trump stuff lately, but there is some pretty funny Trump related stuff on the show today, and uh, and we'll di- we'll delve into the emotional state of our uh, our great announcer and news anchor. Dan Duran, but first... This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, our beautiful Brampton studio, and from our Porto Aventura studio with a nearby golf course. And it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men whose aging cognitive decline has had no effect on them whatsoever because their brains are that big. It's Humble and Fred. All I heard there was aging cocks. What were you talking about? Yeah. What are you saying? Aging cockheads? What? Yeah. That's what inappropriate, Dan. I bet I should have just now. done that. <laughs> now here are Howard's got a date heads. tonight. Come on. Howard's got a date tonight. Isn't that tomorrow night? No, it's tonight. It's I thought it was Thursday night. Oh, it's tonight right now. Okay. Tonight is Wednesday. This is my... I don't know. It's inappropriate, especially if people have just... There's been a few emails lately, and we'll, we'll get to them tomorrow, of people that have just recently discovered us. I mean, we mentioned one yesterday from somebody that started listening in the spring during the uh, curious case of Voldemort, disgraced broadcaster John Derringer. But there's been a few emails... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how people I, I mean I'm, I'm it's exciting but it's you know we don't have that much longer to live so I mean no <laughs> you know I mean if you haven't caught on by now Jesus Christ where have you been 
<laughs> to tell your friends right away. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> You're like, hey, if you if you thought you were going to get into Humble and Fred, now might be a good time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dan, did you hear this yesterday? It's a little bit of a... Uh, I, I played this after Lumby's audio of him and Julie cracking up over something. And I played this... Uh, I'm not sure if you were back yet. But I, no, I heard the promo, yeah. But, yeah, but the promo it's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's your voice as a younger announcer. But it's also me and uh, the Fred Man as young men. This morning, another Humble and Fred show. There's nothing funny about what we're going to tell you. But um, it's just a weird little story. Guy was at Pearson Airport yeah. yesterday, and he was taking the ashes of his mother back. Um, so does that sound like that sounds like a does that sound super you sound more the same i think fred and i sound younger yeah fred especially i think sounds the most different from us from my my guess there but it could be also that it, i mean uh the the uh the way it was stored it may be a the compression is different on his voice for yeah. sure yeah because I mean, that would have been a cassette tape or something yes probably. it would have been do you remember yeah, those so. days fred or, or have you completely <laughs> have you forgotten what aspect of those days? What do you mean? Well, just yeah, how young you were and how no. uh, how fun things were. Those, oh. those, there's some people that used to listen to us back in those days, Fred. Oh, no. I, Howard, I often think about it. You know, I still live in Brampton. In the odd time, I drive by 83 Kennedy Road South, and my mind, it just runs wild of all the good times and fun that was had there and... Then my mind drifts to Young and Dundas and the excitement of moving down there. Howard, Howard, yes, I remember some things. Not you, great detail, but... <laughs> that's right, it's I a little remember, fuzzy. <laughs> I remember Fred's typewriter. Now, you oh. still have that typewriter somewhere, Fred? I remember no. Fred's Rolodex next no. to his typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> and then they brought in the DOS system and I was a bit pissed off. I didn't want to have to write my sportscast on this keyboard thing and have to look at it in the screen and yellow printing nah but yeah, like John, anything else you come around you give it a try and go oh, this is a lot easier i can make corrections easily and yeah yeah when i met you you had a rolodex you were still typing yep. on a manual typewriter yeah yeah people were still using whiteout to correct yep. their mistakes on like you know we they, they were called secretaries but we still had secretaries that wrote out things called letters for yeah. their their bosses all day. Or you'd come in in the morning and there'd be those little pink slips with phone messages for you. Exactly. Oh, right. So those things, yeah. So somebody could call you like at, you could leave the station at 10 a.m. Somebody would call you at 11 a.m. and you wouldn't see it till the next morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> Imagine that, eh? No, I know. It's crazy when you think about that. Memories. Uh, Dan, yeah. how are you feeling mm-hmm. today? Let's check in with Dan Duran. Obviously, uh, immuno, immuno, immuno compromised because of the sadness. Yeah. But, I'd uh, say that's probably, yeah. How are you feeling? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You know, just uh, still think, you know, I, I, you know, I hate to say the word habit, but the just the the, the routine maybe of having a dog mm-hmm. and yes. all the things you go around like the you still I get tweaked every 15, 20 minutes about something that he did or I do mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, like feeding him. Oh, I, no, no, he doesn't to feed mm-hmm. right now. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Well, sure. Or stepping over him when I get out of bed to make sure. Oh, no, there's mm-hmm. no dog there. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Anyway. Yeah. Well, there's lots but, of dog shit in the back of the place there. You want to go pick up some poo? For, <laughs> you want to go pick up some poo for old time's sake? Right. Okay. 
Yeah. I've actually even thought of that because of the uh, it was yesterday was recycling day here at the mm. uh, at the studios. And I know there was a bunch of uh, Clifford dog poop in the uh, in the um, in the, in the green bin. bin yeah. Oh, oh you should have there. you should have taken a pile and bronzed it. <laughs> should save. <laughs> should save it <laughs> and put it next to your pillow. <laughs> a little Cliffy poo. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess that's an opportunity missed right there. Well, listen, man. What is the state of the dog? Has he been cremated yet, or are you still in a holding pattern? Still in a holding pattern. Mm. So yeah. I don't have to make a decision till uh, spring, really. So I uh, haven't made a decision yet. Could go the cremation route, or just uh, you know do a you know a nice little burial somewhere. I only ask this because I know people do it, and I'm not sure if you would be one of those people. But would you have? Would you consider having him? You know, uh, zombified or you know, stuffed him in some way. Oh, send him to the taxidermist. That's what Is I'm talking what you're about. Saying? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I forgot what it was called. That's why I said zombified. Yeah, yeah taxidermy. <laughs> uh, no, I never even thought of that. But I don't. That doesn't appeal to me. Okay. Well, Dan, I'll, I'll pay half if he can spend. If you can prop him up on my deck all summer, and then you can <laughs> you can ha- you can have him in the winter, right? And he can be on my deck in the summer. Well, we know that's not true because you offered to pay half. Come on, yeah, <laughs> kind of. And then, and then, what? Uh, what position would you like him in, then, Fred? Sitting and looking up at me the way he did when he wanted a treat—that sweet face of his. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll add that to the list then. So, mm-hmm. the possibles. I, I don't know if I would want that. I mean, I, I know, again, I threw it out there, you know, just for funsies. But uh, there are some people, I, can, I guess, that have their dogs stuffed or their animals stuffed. Yeah, that would be creepy. Yeah, I don't even creepy. like. I don't even like moose heads and stuff. It's like, what are you thinking? When you walk into an old lodge and there's like a moose head or a deer's head with antlers, it's... <laughs> I know what they look like. I don't need to see that. Yeah. What about fish? You that bother you? Fish? N- not as much. But when I was a kid, my dad and my brother, I never did, had some fish mounted and they hung in the rec room. Don't even know where they, those are now. But and one of the courses I'm playing down here, the uh, Hard Rock course near, uh, it's in near Playa del Carmen. They have deer running everywhere. It's pretty cool, actually. And uh, at first, I was sort of startled. I didn't, you wouldn't really expect it here because they're literally coming out of the jungle. But uh, I I hadn't, and we've said this many times, but they're just beautiful, beautiful animals. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you're only a few hundred yards away from them. And I always had that same thought, like, how could you take a gun from this position and blow that animal's head off? And I know people who say, oh, but I take it for the food and the blah, blah, you know, because you can't because you can't get to soapies. But keep um, down the population and yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. By but, the way. But I couldn't man, do it. I couldn't pull that trigger. No, I couldn't either, Howard. You know, I talk a big game. As I say, I'd love to take a baseball bat to the head of a Canada goose. But push comes to shove, I wouldn't do it. I don't think. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, it depends your, your level. It would be touch and go at the last moment. But I said it's interesting, interesting. How, we, how these things come up. I sent a Dan store, uh, story this morning. Did you see it, Dan? I emailed it to you. Yeah, it was going to be my second story from yesterday. Mm. Oh, cool. Of super Canadian pigs. From yeah, uh, the super pigs. Yeah. Are and we're talking about America. actual pigs here. No, no, I saw that story, and I can't <laughs> wait for <laughs> Dan to insert it <clears throat> into yeah. the news. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, well, speaking of news, I know there's a storm a-coming, as I mentioned in the... Uh, I titled the show today, A Storm's A-Coming. Uh, you guys were talking about it in the pre-show. What exactly are we faced with, and how long will it last? I believe it's overnight uh, tonight. Areas like Hamilton might get uh, 20 millimeters of rain and a little bit of snow. Toronto, a little bit less rain. And if you go up near Peterborough, it's 20 centimeters of snow is, is possible in that, in that area. And I, I don't know other regions further north may get Well, Halton Peel, where I am, they're talking about a mix of snow and ice pellets, slippery roads, treacherous conditions uh, coming late afternoon into the evening. And then by the morning, freezing drizzle. Just lovely. Just lovely. Just fantastic. Well, hey, here and in I, uh, here in Playa del Carmen, it's very windy today. So, didn't you know, I pick a good two with. weeks to be home? <laughs> that's right. Mm. By the well, way, it'll uh, make your departure that much sweeter. For yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I was thinking about that. That uh, you've you've run into a little bit of winter as you as you will in February. But uh, I was reading an article this morning about uh, the reason I brought up weather is the Rideau Canal, the world's longest skating rink, is still closed. They need a uh, temperature of minus ten Celsius to make it safe for people to skate on. Apparently. And I don't have the article in front of me that it hasn't been open very much or at all this winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's been such a mild winter. Yes, I mean, way, especially way above especially for Ottawa. Yeah, and wasn't I in the in the fall? Weren't they calling for a, like a horrible winter? Wasn't the almanac? Oh yeah, I believe they were calling for a good old fashioned Canadian winter. I recall. I listen. There's still several weeks left, but. That means a lot of bad winter in a short period of time. Well, there's also the big lie of April, you know. Yes. I was talking about that with somebody here, actually, that mm-hmm. is going to... You know, I, I was talking about it. I was on a Zoom call yesterday with somebody from Toronto who loves winter, enjoys the winter sports, but she and her husband are leaving for Florida from the middle of the March to the end of April. And I said, that's really smart because April's the big lie where we live, you know, you think, oh, well, winter's over. But April, it can often be the shittiest weather in terms of like, you know, rainy and cold and four or five degrees because you're expecting it to be better, but it never really is. So she's going to be away for all of that, which I think is a good idea. I have a problem when somebody looks me in the eye and says, I really like winter. I, I have a tough time believing them. Are they just saying that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not. Yes, she like was lying to me. Like, I think she. I think she was. Lie. Oh yeah. Even when I, you know, drive by, sometimes on the four hundred one, you see the people skiing, and then I can see in the distance lined yeah, yeah. up at the at the lifts. I'm going. They're not. They're not enjoying they're not themselves. Enjoying like, they that, think no. they are. Oh, they yes. tell themselves they are. But lining up thirty minutes at that tow lift for a two minute. Run there? No, this woman skis. Denial? Yeah, yeah. Everyone, why are they lying to themselves? Everyone at Blue Mountain <laughs> lying. Uh, yes, Horseshoe lies. Valley liars. Lies. Um, the ice fishermen liars. liars. <laughs> this woman skis, cross country skis, and snowshoes. She's lying on three fronts. You know what? If you snowshoe, I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Apparently, no, have and, you tried and, that? And there's nothing wrong with you. 
No. Yeah. Have you ever tried You're perfectly socially? fine. Yes, I've tried it years ago. What joy can you get from that? The great outdoors is the joy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. it's hard. It's frustrating. Um, Charlie, mm. my uh, mm. eldest and Dan's goddaughter, um, mm. cross-country skis inside the city sometimes. When she lived at uh, Trinity Bellwoods there, Dan, mm. uh, after a yeah. good dumping, she would just go cross... People would cross-country ski in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, but really? but she and she and hey, she said she liked it, but she was lying. <laughs> She's a liar. Of lies, nothing but lies. <laughs> That's right. So should, should we hang all people that that enjoy winter sports? It's like Jamie Salesa. I really like the winter. What's the real problem? You don't have the money to go south, or you don't, you don't have a passport. What's the real reason you're yeah. saying that? That's right. Mm-hmm. Talk did, to you have a, did you the have a dynamic. pot charge that doesn't allow you to fly, or something back in the seventies? What is it? You know. What What's about the dynamic man? of the seasons? Yes. Where, no, I know, know the seasons of the fall and the colors and the, lies. You know the renewal in spring and lies. You know, oh, no, no, no. I said winter, Dad. I don't mind the fall or the spring. It's the winter. Mm. And you know, the funny thing is, beside that, that's funny. Mm -hmm. The interesting slash funny thing is when we were all younger, certainly he he and I, you know, I could tolerate winter a lot more when my kids Mm -hmm. were younger and I was younger. I would get up on a Saturday morning and thought nothing of driving up north. Well, going through all, you know, I love skiing and boarding, but the rigmarole, as my dad used to say, the, the, uh, all of it, we would do it. I would do it many, many weekends. And now the thought of it, <laughs> would, I'd rather poke myself in the fucking eyes with anything. I used to get up and drive Danny up to Blue Mountain, him and a couple of buddies, and sit in the, because I couldn't do it because of my back. Yeah. I couldn't snowboard or ski anymore. I used to sit in the chalet all day long. Yeah. And hope hope that I had a book that I liked or, you know, this is the days before watching a movie on an iPad or anything. Right? Sure. But that's it. I think we yeah. all tolerated it a lot more yeah. when we were younger. I certainly did. Anyway, so, uh, all right, Dan is there. So what, 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 I was thinking about this yesterday too, Dan. So there's a story about a super pig on Dan Duran's news. And anything else that you can tease that people might want to stick around this long podcast that we do each and every day? Uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, reviewing uh, a, a bunch of different stories that are, uh, there's, there's scientists uh, think they've discovered a uh, giant uh, phallus. Um, oh, another boner uh, story. Two in a row. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Is that possible? And also, uh, uh, 50 Cent uh, settled a dispute over uh, somebody (sighs) saying that he uh, extended his member. Oh. Super pig Okay, so there's lots of uh, boner stories and a super pig. Wow. Uh, I have the story about Rideau. The the world's biggest outdoor skating ring faces the possibility of remaining closed. It's remained closed for the entire winter for the first time in five decades. Yeah. So no beaver tails. That's all shut down. Yeah. Think about all those people. Yeah, climate change is such bullshit. It's so, we don't. I'm reading the when I'm away, you know, like Salt Lake, you know, in Utah, Salt Lake City. That lake is literally disappearing. And there's ice masses in the Arctic that are like one third of the size they were 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's just all bullshit. Like, I don't like how do you not... Like, how do you not take notice of that? Or how do you con- continuously reject th- those facts in the face of 
whatever what your campaign is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got this other story that I've been saving from the New York Times, the failing New York Times. Uh, you probably saw it, and uh, at some point, maybe after uh, Dan goes off to uh, research, um, right? The story of how many Fox personalities knew that all that thing, yes. all that election bullshit was just bullshit, but they didn't, and they knew it amongst themselves. So we'll talk about that. And and one other attachment to that, <clears throat> you know, Fox and. Uh, uh, you know, the Republicans often talk about how the Democrats are in cahoots with the media. Mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy hands over all the January 6th footage to Fox News. To Tucker Carlson, actually. Yeah, yeah to Tucker Carlson. And there's some major security issues attached to that. Oh, yeah. And it's just the hypocrisy is just wild. So before Dan leaves, I, I found a clip of something, I, and I'm not sure if we've ever played it on the show, but it's worth repeating. It's a, you know, I, it's a, from an era of the great talk show guests, and in the old days, Carson would do a show 90 minutes live, or, or to tape, I should say, and, and, and they would right. just have these long conversations, and, and some of my favorite were when they would talk about Don Rickles. I know it's aging me, but this is a great story about, and Don Rickles is on the panel, so it's Carson, Frank Sinatra, and Don Rickles, and Frank is telling this uh, pretty famous story. I was eating dinner at a restaurant in New York, and uh, uh, I was sitting with, with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and uh, I'm trying to make out, you know. And he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso. And I, finally he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said... Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went for the whole thing. My mouth, so. <laughs> I love that. That's a great story. I know you'd heard it before. I love that. Mm. Uh, and, and, and on the panel, Rickles is just cracking up. And then, you know, for, you know that's, that's what I think of us, Dan. You know, Johnny, Frank, and Don Rickles. That's who the three of us are in modern times. <laughs> Did you know there's a podcast and it has a bunch of scoped uh, Carson shows on? It's pretty cool. Just search it. And they've scoped the shows, just highlights like that. They'll give you the date, who the guests were, and then play clips. It's it's pretty... You talk about memories, man. Being yeah, very a kid cool. And staying up to watch that show. Uh, Dan Duran uh, and the news, uh, Super Pigs, uh, Boner Stories, it's all happening today. Simon Rakoff will be our uh, guest, who is a friend of ours, a guy I've done stand-up with. Uh, he goes way back with Freddie, one of the original writers of, uh, I think it was called The Sports Zone. Is that the show you did? Yes. Yes, Howard. And Simon, like a lot of comedians in Canada, is pissed about how SiriusXM has bungled one of the main sources of revenue for Canadian comedians. It's really a, an interesting story, I think people will find. Oh, wow. Um, how when they've... What, Canada Laughs, which uh, we were on, when it changed to Just for Laughs, they assured all these comedians that their source of revenue, which we'll explain later, was going to be fine. And, of course, the dunderheads there have fucked it up completely, as you would expect them to do. Uh, yeah. All of that on the show here. But first, let's talk about these fine folks. Frederick, 
Well, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. <clears throat> if you have a small business and you've thought about having a benefits package for your people, a reward, a gesture of thank you for your hard work, now I'm going to look after you this way. Go to chamberplan.ca today. All the information is there. There's a badge. Click on, get a free quote, find out how you can become involved, at what level, what the prices are, and know that you uh, when you get involved, they've done a great job of holding the line on premiums over the past uh, few, uh, several years, actually, uh, especially over the COVID years. So that's very important to a small business. I mean, you make this step, you want to keep your costs under control and know where they're at. Well, they've done a great job and it'll all be laid out for you. Prescriptions and dental and travel insurance and therapies. and They even have an HR component now. They've thought of everything at the Chamber Plan. Yes, they have. Chamberplan.ca. Just got a note here from Edmonton, Steve. It's like, I'm high of minus 27 today or some bullshit. He says, temperature in Edmonton this morning. I love winter. Are you ready, Freddie, for an incredible driving experience? The experience of driving an electric car? Explore evnet.ca. Learn, drive, love electric. Explore the range of multi-brand electric cars in only a few clicks. If you go to evnet.ca, you can find the best fit for you while you compare and contrast their everyday great prices, trims, battery ranges, features, and options. And one of the, I think one of the most brilliant things that they've done there, Daryl, and everybody who works at EVNet, is you get a chance to rent the car before you buy it. I mean, that's un- it's unbelievable. I mean, most people take a car for a test drive, half an hour, whatever, and you're supposed to make a decision for something you might have for the next three to five, seven years. But at evnet.ca, what you get to do is you get to live in the car for a day, for a weekend, for a week, and then you can decide. Book your EV rental, book your EV test drive, or buy used electric cars at the uh, home of Canada's multi-brand electric car dealer, evnet. .ca. All right. Okay. Yeah. There was one other story in the news I was going to mention yesterday, and, it, you know, we've been talking about animals. Did you see the story? I forget where in Florida. It was one of those communities, you know, with the little bungalows around the ponds and everything. A woman walking her dog, 85 years old, and, a, and an alligator comes out of the pond and snaps her and kills her, like on the spot. Like I, didn't, imagine I, that. I, I did not work. say that, yeah. You know, you've been in Florida before when sure. you're golfing, and then the signs are there, you know, alligators, and then you look, and you might actually see one, and then you have all these horrible thoughts of, what if I didn't notice it, and I'm lining up for a shot, and it takes my foot off or something? Well, this was a nightmare that played out in front of, people saw it, too. You know, a woman in the community that everybody knew, and just walking along the pond, and she goes down, and this thing came and just took a big chunk out of her. You know, here like here, a horror movie, a horror movie, Howie. They have uh, signs around the golf course here, a couple of places uh, for al- not, no crocodiles. I've not seen one, but I have seen alligators in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. My right, question right. would be, why didn't the alligator take the dog? Well, it got away. Maybe it was too quick, but I, I don't know if it was on a leash or what. But they said the dog survived. Um. Yeah, and it just like it took a big chunk out of the woman. It didn't, you know, literally eat her. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
it's just weird, man. Like it is weird when you think about it. You know, there's Doris. We all know Doris. Yes. She's out for a yes. walk. Everyone yeah. waves to her. She's still in pretty uh-huh. good health. She's walking her dog, and it's part yeah. of the community. And then one day, Doris is yeah. eaten by an alligator. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the story. That's why you need to embrace every day because <laughs> because you never know. You just never know. But I, I, again, I just kept thinking of the times I've golfed down there and there's signs around the ponds and how creeped out you are thinking, wow, like, where are they? What are they? How close do I want to get to that? Are they laying in the grass? I mean, that's overthinking a lot of it, but not for Doris. Now, here's the thing that Doris probably didn't expect, and I think a lot of us become complacent, is alligators and crocodiles, they can move pretty fast. Like you think you're going to be able to see one like in a movie or something and then just start booking it out of there. But you can't, yeah. you know, you're yeah. lined up over one of your shots, mm-hmm. you know, and well, by the way, when you ask that question about, you know, what if you're golfing and, a, you know, you get bitten by an alligator? Do you I would, you know, my first thought would be, well, how well are you playing that day? You know, like, yes. <laughs> like, like, do you have a pretty yeah. good round going? Like, OK, it's just a small bite. So I continue. <laughs> But yeah. they're fast, man. Yeah. They come out of oh, nowhere. Yeah. No, they I come know. out of I nowhere. Know. I know. It's, uh, yeah. And it just reminds me, remember the old Tarzan movies? When the alligators and the crocodiles would get the guys and, like, literally eat them? Mm-hmm. You know, when we're a kid, we're watching that stuff, and now, you know, parents protect their children from such scenes. But, I don't know, that's a throwback to me, too. Watching crocodiles and alligators literally eat people well that, that's the thing and again it's somebody else's joke but i, I mean I, I remember watching tarzan i mean forget the fact that he was like <clears throat> sort of a a white dude that they they made to look more sort of you know you know uh, uh, wild but the, and the fact that he was living in the trees but what about the fact that about every other tarzan episode somebody fell into quicksand like there yes. was quicksand fucking everywhere Mm-hmm. And Tarzan had to save them, and there was always a vine near, and Tarzan would pull himself out or somebody else out. And this good-looking woman just happens to show up and, and, <laughs> yes, and decides exactly. she wants to live with him. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Love conquers all, and she decides mm-hmm. Jane wants to live in the trees with the crocodiles yeah. and everything. <laughs> the thing is, as a kid, you don't think about how everything must stink, including Tarzan and that monkey. Exactly. There's shit the everywhere. the life she left. Yeah. Because she, she came from civilization. Sure. She had money. And, she didn't and chose that life. Sure, she is like these people that claim they like winter. <laughs> That's right. Jane. Is it? You know. Jane got a little Tarzan boning and decided to leave it all behind and live in... The place stunk. I mean, Tarzan, Mm -hmm. the jungle home of Tarzan, that wasn't... No one was cleaning that up. It was feces everywhere and banana Mm -hmm. peels. Anyway. And cheetah. Let's get on. Exactly. Cheetah. monkey. Well, those chimpanzees, they'll rip your face off. Exactly. Why didn't that monkey rip Jane's face off? You tell me. Yeah, she was so pretty. Or at least try to have his way with her or something. Anyways, back to Doris and the alligators. Mm. Feel bad for her. Um, Speaking of golf before, do you want to... Listen, I want to get to this Fox story, but I've been asked... Dan asked me uh, in the... uh, Just before we hit record, if I've been watching Full Swing is the name of the... Golf Netflix documentary from the people that brought us uh, mm-hmm. Drive to Survive, the F1 series. Yes. Have you watched any of it? No. I haven't watched the car racing one, and I haven't watched the golf one. I think I said this. Uh, I can't remember if we were talking about this on the, this show or um, the golf show, but I would say this. 
if you're not a golf fan, let me just tell Simon to stand by. Stand by, Simon. No, let me put it in a different way. I wasn't an F1 fan, but I did enjoy Drive to Survive. But I, I think it's turned a lot of people into F1 fans, right. including my son-in-law. He watches it now because of that show. And I grew to appreciate mm-hmm. it. I mentioned, I mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is, unlike that show, if you're not a golf fan, I don't think that show is going to bring you in the same way that the cars or the F1 series did to me and others. If you are a golf fan, I think you're going to enjoy it. I think I was talking about this with Lumby. I said, for a nerd like me, it's great because, you know, it's some stories about golfers I'm very familiar with and some behind-the-scenes stuff. But it's not, you know, as compelling, I think, for a non-fan as, it, as the F1 series was. That's my review. Yeah. Well, I wish I could contribute. I cannot. Um, I think you'd like it. My, I think you would enjoy it. My son, uh, Daniel, was telling me I use his uh, Netflix account and uh, in the not too distant future, if not already happened, they're going to be URLing it. So that's all going to get shut down. Not, yeah. So he said he's not renewing. So if he doesn't renew, I'm not going to buy. So that's I'm not going to have access to that. Because that's all Netflix stuff, right? Yeah, that is. You know, it's funny you say that, too. Because funny, interesting, what a coincidence. I was just, I happen to have, I, and, and by the way, back to the show, it's called Full Swing. And mm-hmm. I thought I was just going to binge watch it, like eight episodes. Mm-hmm. I was just, but I've been, you know, I've sort of watched one episode a night. Like, I don't really feel like I'm that compelled to watch everything. But anyway, so the right. net, Netflix was open this morning on my computer when I got down here to work. And, yeah. I, and they started, there was a bunch of, you know, promoting different shows. And I thought, you know. There's really not much on it that I would miss out on if I had to give up my uh, account. Well, I think it's one of those uh, out of sight, out of mind type things. Um, you know, I don't, I don't tend to watch a lot of stuff anyway mm-hmm. along those lines. So honestly, I'm not. I don't even know what Netflix costs. Like, I, I just don't. I won't miss it, so I'm not going to buy it. The only one I have is Prime, and that comes with my Amazon account yeah. for delivery, which we often use, so it makes sense. But that's the only service I have. I find even less to watch on Amazon Prime, although there is a, oh, new, yeah. there's a new stand. I mean, I find it ridiculous. There's a new stand-up yeah. special from a guy I really like that had previously been on Netflix. His name is Nate Bargatze. I've mentioned him on the show, and I really enjoy him. And he his special's on... Uh, on Netflix. All these services have to get together, though. But they're all raising their prices and they're um, tightening their rules. People aren't going to be paying 20 bucks each for four or five services because now it defeats the whole purpose of moving away from cable. Yeah. Like, figure it out. By the way, speaking of comedians, and uh, I was going to mention this when I played the uh, Carson clip of uh, Sinatra and Don Rickles. But another comic, sort of from our you know younger era, who just seemed to always be around, later became a bit of a television star. Richard Belzer died. Do you know that name? Is he not the guy that um, George Clooney lived with and sh- shat in the? Uh, no, that's a different. That was that was a different. Uh, that was a comedic actor. 
Oh, okay. A guy named Richard. Same guy. First name Richard something or other. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that's all. I No, I've heard his name, but I can't pinpoint anything. If really you just Googled him, as soon as, he's, yeah. he's a guy you, you used to see on all the shows. <clears throat> right. And he was sort of like the hip New York, kind of like Dennis Miller before Dennis Miller oh. came along. Really kind of that kind of vibe guy. And, you know, just one of those people that... You know, I sort of liked, uh, he was a big MC in New York a lot, and in the 70s and 80s when stand-up was kind of, you know, getting going in the clubs, he was a perennial, and, and then you see him on Carson and all that stuff, right. and, and then later I think he was on one of those crime shows for a long time. Well, there's a name, what, <clears throat> what's Dennis Miller doing these days? He used to have his uh, evening radio talk show on a, on a network, I remember that, and he used to... You always used to do uh, spots on Fox News and other news outlets. I never, ever see him anymore. It's funny. On your recommend, I was listening to the Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. interviewing Dana Carvey and David Spade episode of yeah. their podcast called Fly on the Wall. Uh, probably 20 minutes into it, but uh, Dana Carvey does a great Dennis Miller impression. It's really yeah. good. Like, uh-huh. it's so, it's, you know, Dana Carvey, who I, I'm not a huge stand-up fan of, but his voices. Are so good. He, when he slipped into Dennis Miller, I was like, because I had it on a little speaker here. I, yeah, it, it's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. it. By the way, you were right. It's a, it's a good episode talking about how they both got onto Saturday Night Live. That's that's basically as far as I've gotten into about twenty twenty five minutes. You know, I was listening to one of those podcasts as far as uh, voices go. It may have been that one. And one of the people on the show, Rich Little's name came up and he mm. said, he sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was the standard for the longest time, right? And talking about another guy that did Carson a million times. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to do here? We could mm. get, here's what I think we should do. Let's get, we could get Simon on right now, a little early. Then uh, after Simon, we can launch into a another Fox Trump tirade. All right, and All then right. we'll Sounds have Dan Duran to kind of you know cleanse the yes. palate, and then of course uh-huh. the uh, genius that is the retirement Sherpa. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, yes, mm-hmm. Sounds good. Let's see what Simon Rakoff has to say. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about uh, just for laughs and uh, people at Sirius XM Canada. I mean, that, that whole adaptation of that concept for that channel is why we were forced off. That's right. Well, we, were un- mm-hmm. well, we weren't really fired this time. We were uninvited to return. <laughs> That's, that sounds better than getting fired. Mm-hmm. Our contract was up, and they did not renew it. Simon, are you there? I am here. Well, God damn it, man! Look at there you. There we go. There you go. I love. You know I, what, dude? I love this look. Video thing. Yeah, this whole ravine look that you've adopted in later life. I freaking love it. Thank you. Well, you know what? Uh, I was down to. Uh, I couldn't call it hair anymore. I was calling it hairs. <laughs> and I realized, you know, why bother at that point? And uh, no, it works for me. And frankly, this is almost exactly how my dad always looked. When you know you reach a point in your life, you go, "All oh, right, <laughs> this is who I am now." I have his face. It's I acceptance. Look. I, I love that about you. Um, we, we've already talked who you are. I, 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 I was mentioning, obviously, you and I go back a long time, but you and Fred go back to a show called The Sports Zone. Did you not write a little bit for that? Yeah, I, well, I, I didn't so much write for it. I was the 
um, the uh, uh, correspondent who would go and cover ridiculous sports in a humorous way. That's right. Go. The field funny guy. That's right. That's right. what it you did. It was mostly a phone-in show with you and BJ. Yes, right. But yeah. then uh, they would always have a segment where I would go, and I am the opposite of an athlete. So right. I would go and do whatever. And it was always sort of odd sport, mostly odd sports. Sometimes it was, it was, I mean, one time I went back in the back of Maple Leaf Gardens. I went through the whole Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, they used to play hockey at the Maple Leaf Gardens before it was a lob loss. <laughs> That's right. We yes, heard that. Right. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand. And mm-hmm. so I went through the whole back and I got, I played the organ and I played with the scoreboard and I, I talked to Don Cherry. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was, it was a whole backstage experience, but again, it was always sort of from the point of view of a guy who never right. cared at all about sports. No, it was great. It was a great concept. I like I thought the show was a great idea. I actually thought it was a little ahead of its time. And it was criticized somewhat, you know, in the media as being a little too loose for sports, you know, it's serious. But uh, we had a lot of fun doing it while we did it. Absolutely. And yeah. now everybody's the joke. Yeah, exactly. That's so. it. That's it. Well, that Simon, was the part that right. was ahead of its thing because you, you did that show in a time when, you know, sports guys were still considered part of the newsroom. And the now, jacket, the tie, all, all of that. that stuff. Yeah. And now they're all jokesters. Uh, I, I can't even remember the first time I saw Simon rack off perform but well, I was a lot pr- of people say that but, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. but I, I, pro- I pro- was probably memorable I, they say that's not true it was probably 1980-ish I was working at Punchlines in Vancouver and there was sort of Punchlines in Vancouver and Yuck Yucks in Toronto and there was some, not a rivalry but that I remember when Mike McDonald came to town for the first time Jim Carrey probably you as well but later years when I became a Yuck Yucks comic there was a group of guys you uh, Lou Eisen Howard Buskang and uh, this group of guys that sort of uh, welcomed to me, and I always uh, remember that. It was uh, just a good, good group of guys in Toronto. And, of course, I've worked with Simon on some shows recently. We've done some judos together. Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Who are they going to call? <laughs> That's right. Um, but I wanted to talk about something we have in common, which uh, Fred and I were on Sirius XM for five years. And it was an interesting experience, and we'd been in radio at that point for a long time. And at the end of our five years where, you know, without sounding like braggadocious idiots, we really were the, 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 most, uh, the, the most listened to show they had on Canada Laughs as far as a regular show outside of the stand-up. And, and when we were not renewed, it was because they wouldn't tell us at the time. It was in the spring of whatever that year was a few years ago. But very shortly after, Canada Laughs became Just, just for Laughs. And yes. at the time, they, a lot of stand-ups in Canada rightly so, got pissed because what people don't understand is that a a good chunk of Canadian comics revenue comes from the airplay. It doesn't matter the organization that remunerates you for being played on the radio. And some of that was going to be taken away. Why don't you pick up the thread of the story there, Simon? Well, exactly. It's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give a little bit of preamble. Uh, it's very hard to make a living as a comedian in Canada. It's a very small population over an enormous area. And although we are internationally renowned as comedians, I mean, it's one of these things where you go to England or you go to the States and everybody's like, oh, a Canadian comic, probably really good. We have that reputation and it's deserved. I mean, the scene is really strong. We are not, 
you know, we're not kidding ourselves about the quality of the work, right? Okay. Uh, but it's very hard to make a living, as I said, because the costs of getting to the pe- where the people are is so prohibitive. And this is the nature of things. Look, the guys in the CFL have day jobs. These are world, you know, the, the football yeah. champions, and they have mm-hmm. to go to work after the season, right? It's, it's hard to make a living in, in the entertainment world in Canada. Most people make a living in the arts by getting grants from the government. Right. Back. We are not qualified for those. There is nothing to support stand-up comedians in the government. We have to make a living doing what we do. Okay, the main way we made money, the biggest source of my income uh, used to be Canada Laughs, played my cuts from my album, Surrounded by Idiots, available at Amazon Music for download. I'll mention that again, I promise. I'm not, I'm not that concerned. <laughs> I know. But I get quarterly payments of real money, and it kept us going, most of us. Uh, We found out that Just for Laughs was taking over the station, Canada Laughs, and we all rightly assumed they would start playing a lot of their own stuff. So we mounted a large-scale, you know, uh, meetings and and discussions with media, etc. It got quite a bit of attention. It got quite a bit of negative PR for Just for Laughs because it was essentially saying saying, why would you, who are already making a fortune out of Canadian comedy, <laughs> take the, the, the small change that keeps the Canadian comedians alive when you guys do not? I mean, I mean, they claim to be a big supporter of comedy in Canada, but the fact is, and we'll, I'll get more into this. Well, well, let me just say, and, and just to be clear, when Just for Laughs was going to take it over, and we talked a lot about this on the show, it wasn't that they were going to take over and continue to play nothing but Canadian content comedians. They were going to play, and again, you understand it, from their large library of American and international comedians was all of a sudden going to start appearing on Canada Laughs. And I, not that you didn't... I just want to be clear about that because that's why well, the Canadians... didn't say what they were going to do. Well, we just knew they were. Yeah, but that, but that was why the Canadian Stand-Up Association got so pissed because, well, precisely. Because, because we knew it was gonna it was gonna cut into it. Exactly. You know, things, even if they play Canadian comedians, they still own the recordings. Right. And the money, the the bulk, of, or not the bulk, but more than half comes from the ownership of the rights as right. opposed to the artist. I produced my own album, so when I got the money, I got one check, but it was for two amounts. Mm-hmm. And more of the amount was because I'm the owner of the material than that I wrote and performed the material. This is just the nature of business, I suppose. Okay, so where are we so, at now with all of this? Okay, they put out, hang on, after our, our media blitz, etc., they put out a statement saying, we will continue to run the station as it was playing independent Canadian comedy recordings. We won! Yay! Big celebration. There were cynics among us who said, wait, wait, it ain't over till it's over. But we felt like, you know, they made this public statement. They issued it to the media that they were going to do that. Within a year, (laughs) they launched JFL Originals. JFL Originals is their record label where they've been recording Canadian acts in little chunks and then play lots of that now on JFL, JFL Radio. Now, they operate essentially 
on the basis of we are all these different independently run uh, things, right? They are the, the, the festival in Montreal is a not for profit, allegedly festival. Not for profit just means that they pay themselves very well who work at Just for Laughs. <laughs> I mean, you know, but there's no money on the books. But the fact is that when it comes to hiring Canadian comics, they're paying next to nothing. Almost all of the money for the comedians, for the actual entertainers at the Just for Last Festival, which, by the way, is is sponsored from by us. I mean, it's paid for by government money. Mm-hmm. This is our money going to this cultural festival. Now, I understand that it's a worthy festival and worth supporting. But the fact is that the money that's actually spent on talent goes almost all to non-Canadian acts. Okay. Almost all. There is no oversight at all. What a tragedy that is. So at what level is this decision made at Sirius X? Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 okay, Simon. Sorry, I, I know you guys like to talk on your show, but this yeah, is such a uh, and, and, and honestly, they, we're not, you know, we're, we're, we just want to get a conversation going here. So why don't you answer that question? You can get back to your. Uh, mm-hmm. OK, OK. So what was your question, so, Freddie? Well, why, at what level at Sirius XM is this decision made? It, like, who's benefiting? Like, is Sirius XM benefiting from the fact that JFL takes over and cuts what had to be paid? Or, like, because it's, it's always about the money. I have no access to the answers to. Oh, okay. This is, this is way above my my level of these are private meetings where yeah but if you think about it logically i mean but but seriously so serious pays into a fund the socan fund it's the same thing Mm -hmm. that pay so they pay into a fund so i guarantee you without you know i can't guarantee but i would i would assume that serious xm is saving money by not having to pay as much out to independent comedians in the form of SOCAN transfer payments, because that's the organization that's cutting your checks. I mean, that's basically my question. Who do you point the finger at is what I'm saying. Well, I point the finger at Just for Laughs. I mean, I don't know what Sirius's deal is. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. But I do know that Just for Laughs is making pretty much all the money there is to be made in comedy in Canada. I mean, just about. (laughs) You know, not everything. But mm-hmm. and again, they do it by by having these separate entities. So they have the the festival is allegedly a not for profit. But the fact is that if it's a Canadian cultural festival, they should have some government oversight of X percentage has to go to Canadian talent. Sure, there's none at all. The, the same, mean, you know, the same way that wrong. there's government oversight on Canadian content when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. There isn't right. any when it comes to um, the amount of Canadian comedic talent that should be run on the certainly the one place in the country where you can get continual stand up comedy. I mean, uh, the funny channels aside, but but by the way, I'm my curious. Guess is, my guess is that that Just for Laughs does have a certain number of Canadian comedians that they have to put on. The question is, how much money are they paying? Right. That's what I'm saying. Now, I mean, I understand, for instance, that Montreal Comics, who are based there, they get to open shows for Just for Last for nothing. They're told you're lucky you get to be on the sure. show. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just curious because you know, you know, in you know, I, I know this, but I mean, should let everyone know that Simon has appeared at every festival in the country, Halifax, Winnipeg, and Just for Laughs. And while you're talking, and I appreciate you being honest and authentic in this conversation well, but, what, but while you're talking i was also thinking like are you worried about like have you f- figured out that you're never going to be invited back to montreal 
Yeah, but at this point, they've shot the hostage. I mean, they've they took I, I mean, I am totally harpooning my career by doing this right now. But at the same time, they've stolen the biggest chunk of my money. And if I just shut up about it. So <laughs> a, a, can you give us without giving into without getting into numbers, though, as a percentage of income prior to JFL to now, is it half? Is it three quarters of it's gone? Oh, yeah. At least three quarters and probably more. That radio money was the bulk of the income. You know, you point your finger at JFL. But again, at the end of the day, Sirius XM took a long, hard look at this and thought, oh, we can save money here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's so indicative of the entertainment industry in in, in Canada. It's just, even at radio stations, you know, they don't pay people a lot of money and they dangle that in front of them. You know, if you don't want this job, there's a hundred other kids that will want it or, you know, this is what it pays. It's if you want to work in this industry, that's the reality. It well, really that's is how it's always been in comedy generally. Right. Is there's, there are always a million. My, my ego is such that I, I don't worry about that. I know what I bring to the table. I mean, Howard's seen my show. Mm-hmm. My show is a good show. I don't worry about, you know, that there's somebody right. else out there who they can hire. I always, mm-hmm. well, then hire them and see how good it is. And yes. Means. Yeah, um, but that, that's another problem in our country. They compromise. They don't, you know, often they don't care about the end result or the quality of the product. Just put, to put some content up there. And if it's saving us money, the, the, uh, job well done. I guess, but that's yeah. not my. I mean, no, I don't I know. have the option to not care about the quality. Yeah, and, and back no, to what, and, and back to what you said at the beginning. You know, here we are. You know, again, I had just been listening to this uh, episode of Dana Carvey and David Spade's mm-hmm. podcast, and, and there were there was another podcast that we were talking about before called Smartless, and they had Eugene Levy on, and these three guys, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and, and Sean Hayes, are just talking about how great the comedy scene in Canada was, and all these people that Canada has produced from back in the early days of SCTV all the way through Saturday Night Live, and as you said at the beginning of our discussion, Simon, here we are revered around the world for something that in Canada we don't seem to care for, and another thing you said... Because my uh, youngest uh, child is involved in the television and film industry, and and they are are what you have to learn how to do is get grants, and it's available for every other aspect of entertainment in Canada except for stand up. That's right. Now back to back to just for laughs, okay? Because I was sort of saying so. So they have the festival. They also though then run tours, endless comedy tours. Uh, throughout the year and those are a separate company they use the same logo they use the same name but that's a for-profit thing right and they almost never use canadians i mean they use the occasional canadian act but mostly it's foreigners you know being being trotted through to theaters throughout canada which i i mean that's fine but it's cutting our grass, right? Yes. I mean, nobody's going to go out and see, you know, Jimmy Carr that week and then come see me at the local club, too. It's right. very unlikely. And right. they're, they're using our money to, you know, make their name and then, and then promoting things based on that festival name for profit. Then they also took over the, the radio. Now, when, now that they're playing their own stuff on radio, even if they're playing Canadians that they're recording. This is not independent Canadian recordings, which is right. what they promised publicly. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. And they made a promise. They broke yeah. the promise. And in business or life, you should be 
called out for that. And comedians generally are too afraid. I mean, look, I'm not thrilled that I'm the one having to say this. I'm going to get, you know. Well, yeah, but but as you've said, you know, being being an elder cocker now, I mean, you're our. You know, it's not like you're just starting out. You're going to get the work you're going to get. In fact, Simon is at, uh, is it called Hirut? I don't know what that club is. Oh, it's great. It's not It's not a comedy club. It is, in fact, a Europe, uh, Ethiopian restaurant. Amazing. Hirut is the name of the woman who is the wife, uh, well, partner of the owner. I mean, she is the wife, but I'm saying she's okay. half over too. So, so Hirut on Friday club. night. And, and, and uh, where is this once club? Once a month, they do comedy. All right. And then absolutely. It's a jazz club most of the time. It's uh, on the Danforth at Woodbine. It's the greatest secret comedy show in town. Okay, so that's uh, Friday night at Hirut. Uh, go look it up and go check out Simon. Absolute, H-I-R-U-T. Absolute comedy on Sunday, on Sunday night. And his album, Surrounded by Idiots, is available. Go get it. Go download it. Uh, help this uh, pioneer of stand-up, comedian, uh, stand-up comedy in Canada. Uh, listen, man, it's good seeing you again, and I'm glad you had a chance to uh, air this out. Okay, bud. Okay, thank you for having me. Is that it? We're done. Yeah, man, that's it. That's all there is. Okay, we gotta, I gotta go get a new hip. I'll talk to you soon. Listen, man, it's great seeing you. <laughs> ah, <that's> great. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Rack off. There you go. Yeah, man, this guy's passionate. Speaking of a new hip, you know. <clears throat> Segments like that you have to be a bit careful with, too, because only from the standpoint that everybody out there has a problem in the workplace, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and you know, can you relate to that on some level? Um, you know, the woe is me thing, uh, a lot of people go, yeah, well, you want to hear my story? No, for sure. And, you know, we haven't had, a, I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, have there been funnier segments with stand-up comedians? Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's just sort of interesting to me too, as a comic and a guy that's. When you and I have been around SiriusXM now, and and as you said, you know, whatever whatever went down, you can guarantee that they were doing whatever went down at Sirius. They did it to save money. And you know, this is not sour grapes because we moved on from there, and the show became better because we could had a little more control of it. Um, my impression of Sirius XM, it was walking in there from day one. It's like, wow, there's a lot of radio dead wood in here yeah. making decisions. And a lot of their decisions are making sure that smarter, more productive, more creative people don't come in to expose them. That's just the impression I got for it. We walked in there and I thought, that guy, really? That guy, really? Like, we mm-hmm. had worked with some of them yep. and had seen their act and think, and I'm thinking, wow, these are the decision makers here? And again, you know, there's that certain level of talent that they want to make sure that nobody comes in below them yeah. that might outdo them. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the impression I got at C- yeah. Sirius XM. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time. And again... You know, there were some great moments there. I really liked it. I loved being on satellite radio for the fact that there were people that had never heard our show in Toronto that caught on to it in the States and across Canada. Uh-huh. And that was cool. It definitely was. And I was, I think, as I speak for you, that it was kind of neat finally to have sort of an international presence for a while. And when we would answer the phone, it would be somebody in Georgia or somebody in another part of Canada. I liked it. It's, and and it's Howard, too bad it didn't work out for us. And it goes back to what Simon said, and we touched on. A lot of those Americans 
enjoyed Canadian comedy. Just our take on things. Oh, yeah. You know? Our down... You know, it kept coming up. You guys are a little more down to earth. I like your style of humor. I like the way you look at things. Americans, it's not lost on them. And again, it's not like they're looking for Canadians. They're just listening and thinking, hey, I like that style. They don't care where it comes from. Yeah, that was my favorite part of it was when people would, you know, send us notes or call us and say, you know, I just happened to be flipping around the dial. Heard you guys talking again, had no prior um relationship with us and just dug the show uh we're gonna say one other thing we should say though when you want to talk about revenues and money while we were there they kept taking money away from us that's right remember oh yeah i forgot about that part where they kept paying us less and less money well the one guy at the top who was like again just clueless you know, they weren't paying us a lot to begin with, but then it bothered him that they were paying us a little amount of money, yet we were running spots on the show and we were getting that money. That revenue, yeah. So he had no vision. He had no big picture. It was just like, well, why are we giving them money when they're running commercials? Well, because it's enhancing our income. It's helping us be what we are. Figure it out, John. And, you know, you know and the fact is when we made the deal, we were supposed mm-hmm. to split the revenue. And if we're, since we're talking about this, you know, we were supposed to, I think we had six minutes an hour, three minutes for them, three minutes for us. Mm-hmm. In all the time we were there, in five years, they didn't sell one commercial. No. And they were paying some other people. The weird thing was we could have made a deal to be on the other channel and yes. gotten a lot more money, but we wouldn't have been able to sell commercials. Mm-hmm. So we took less money, which as yes. you said, <laughs> that made me laugh. I forgot. They just kept, they, they kept taking it away, but it, mm-hmm. it, it irked that guy and a few others there that we were, we were out selling and you know, we had a pretty good, you know, uh, sponsorship base on satellite radio. And anyway, the whole, I, my, I, well, I do regret it because it could have been a great gig for us. One good aspect of that deal for us, to be honest, was what they didn't sell. We could use. Right. And we used it. I mean, the only caveat to that was that if they got somebody, we might have to bump one of ours. Well, that never happened. So we were using the full inventory <laughs> because remember that one sales guy? Who, what was that all about? No, I know. I don't want to mention him. Anyway. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to get us going. Speaking of sponsorship, <laughs> speaking of sponsorship, this program is brought to you by one of our fine sponsors, GoDaddy. Powering small business and entrepreneurs, as you know, for over a quarter century, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If you've got a great idea for a small business or a side hustle, maybe it's something you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while, or that online store you've been wanting to finally launch and start selling your products. No better time than now to get it online, find a domain, and do it with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're here to help you every step of the way. I've mentioned this before, but it's true. You can even start your website for free. For free, Freddy. With GoDaddy, wow. yes, free. Can't nope, beat free. You can't even start no. to beat free. No I credit love free. <laughs> no. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Um, you know, I gotta I guess I'll save this for Dan. I saw something yesterday that 
it's just uh, there are people in the world that just have so much money and I saw an example of that yesterday it was crazy um so we hinted at there's a story, I guess, uh, I, I saw it in the New York Times. It was all over the news on the weekend. You know, you mentioned that Kevin McCarthy, the uh, Republican Speaker of the House, had given, has turned over a bunch of January 6th footage. You know, it's funny, and you said this too, about how hypocritical they are, because sometimes on Fox they talk about January 6th like, like it was nothing. Like that guy I met here from Chicago told me, mm-hmm. well, the doors were open. Mm-hmm. And then when it suits them, you know, they want to see this footage to see what they can do to smear the Democrats and how somehow spin it that that whole bullshit festival was somehow the Democrats fault, <laughs> which is well, pretty yeah. funny. Apparently, their first line of attack will be, why wasn't there more security there? When, I, when the whole story is the, the sitting president inspired this right, right. I mean, that, that's all about how it's, backwards is that think about what you just yeah. said mm-hmm. why wasn't there more security and the end of the mm-hmm. sentence is at a insurrection inspired by the sitting president yeah that you supported yeah and uh you know and again the you know the uh, story that you first talked about these fox all these fox hosts knew the truth um you know about the stolen election and aspects of january 6th and chose to lie for bottom line Mm -hmm. and that was an exposed did you see that one uh tweet from tucker carlson you know he 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 actually tweeted amongst the staff that we got to do something about this because the stock has dropped yeah so that's what it was all about so go on and lie let's feed the morons that love our channel Tell them what they want to hear, even if it's not true. Now, just to be clear, was that a tweet or was that a, a message he had sent to some staff? I, I, oh, okay, I, yeah, I, may, okay. I'm sorry, a message, yeah. not so much a tweet. You're right. Yes, but basically, what Freddie's saying is that in 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 the middle of all of this stuff, and there was comments from uh, Laura Ingraham and Hannity. In the middle of all of it, they knew that it was a lie. And they knew it. And, and, you know, we've talked about them before. I mean, these are the worst people on the planet because they knew it was a lie and they went on and they they pretended that it was a stolen election. They had so many shows and, and even though they may have not, they talked about this whole Dominion mm-hmm. thing. And by the way, that's why it's all coming out now. Yes. Yes. The Dominion but, voting um, machine lawsuit. I was reading the theory yesterday that... McCarthy handing over these tapes to Tucker Carlson. I mean, you talk about protecting each other and looking after each other. And it is because during this um, lawsuit, wherever, Fox News, all the um, their stars, so to speak, were exposed. And to get ahead of it, Kevin McCarthy helped them. I will give you these tapes now, and this can become the new narrative. So let's it'll quickly bury that story, you know, tied to the Dominion Securities or whatever Dominion uh, voting machines who are after them for a billion dollars. And I so hope they get fried through this. And by the so way, that, there, that's there. You ha- there you have the yeah. Speaker of the House in collusion with Fox News to help them to get ahead of a story about a stolen election. And, and you're right. What I was going to say is it will change the narrative on Fox, but it won't change the outcome of this lawsuit. And I said this to you a long time ago. And, and I, we've had this discussion. We haven't had it for a while. 
But I will remind you that I said this Dominion voting machine lawsuit might be the whatever the the thing that brings down the house of cards for them because they can't run from it. You know, and 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 yes, it will. No, it's not going to change anybody's mind in the Dunder states. It won't change anybody's, but it will. It will get them to admit publicly like we're talking about now because because Dominion is going to win this lawsuit because they know they have all this evidence that Mm -hmm. that the Fox hosts were complicit in lying about the efficacy of their machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know that kid, that young fella on The Daily Show, I don't know what his name is. He goes out and does the Jordan Clever. Okay. I love him. <laughs> he did one I saw recently. He was talking to a guy that's dumped Trump. He no longer likes Donald Trump. So he's asking him, was it the insurrection? No, it wasn't that. You know, was it the two impeachments? No, it wasn't that. You know, was it lying about the election? No, it wasn't that. Well, what was it? And it, oh, he insulted Ron DeSantis. <laughs> oh my God. So that was the reason this guy no longer likes Donald Trump. Also, all that serious shit just fell off. He just rolled off this guy's back. But he took a liking to Ron DeSantis. And because Trump insulted DeSantis, now he doesn't like Donald Trump. So when you look at that, it's like there's no hope. It just goes back to what you said a few minutes ago. I mean, the real issues, the in-depth stuff that Trumpers, it's just not part of the world. They choose not to either investigate it or listen to it or believe it yeah all of that they have marjorie mm-hmm. taylor green again uh, and yeah. for you people who are unfamiliar with the humbly and the friendly you know there have been entire shows where this is all we did so we're just taking a small segment now yes again we're way more invested in it than the average canadian yes i know that but marjorie taylor green recently um, basically, was calling for insurrection, or she wants the yeah. states, the red states, to be to leave mm-hmm. can, whatever they're, they're to leave mm-hmm. the union. Mm-hmm. She's a sitting congresswoman on some very powerful committees now, which is fucking ludicrous. Mm-hmm. And she's calling for the secession of some of the states. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about hypocrisy. You know, uh, a few mornings ago, Nikki Haley, she's running for president, and Don Lemon on CNN made some comment that, uh, you know, they talk about age. Well, she's in her 50s. Most women are past their prime in their 50s. A stupid comment. I mean, where do you you get that? I mean, which I totally agree with. Stupid. But they're all over that. The GOP, the Republicans, and Fox News are all over that. Like, it's the most vicious thing you could ever say. But what (laughs) did they ignore... They ignored something Trump said about another candidate or impending candidate. He accused Ron DeSantis of grooming young girls for sex. That's right. I know. And they totally ignored that. But but Don Lemon is a horrible, horrible man for suggesting that a woman in her 50s might be past her prime. Again, a stupid comment. But compare it to without fact, without proof accusing Ron DeSantis of grooming young girls for sex. And by the way, that that accusation came from a picture he ran. Then people weren't even sure it was Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. 
So it's like, and again, it's like what I just did. You know, I, you, you got to be able to find fault on both sides. Yeah, what Don Lemon said was stupid, mm-hmm. but but the the right wing um, tact with Trump saying that is just ignore it. Of course, like it didn't happen. Rather than saying, hey, we support this guy, but that was a stupid thing to say, or he has no right to say that, or is this where this is going? Like, we're in the toilet already, and the campaign hasn't even started. Um, no, I'm just texting the uh, the Sherpa here. Yeah, well, you know, well, that's the thing. It's, and I've mentioned this a couple of times. And we've, all, we've all learned now what the term gaslighting is really is mm-hmm. and what you yeah. just described is another example of it you know you can call it whatever you want you can call it misdirection or ignoring or whatever but you know that's what they do and by the way you're you're right i saw the don lemon story and i watched the clip and it was just mm-hmm. ridiculous you know i'm not a huge don lemon fan i don't Neither think he's, am I. I don't think he's a very um i don't think he's the greatest broadcaster and they took him from the evening which i thought he was weak at and they put him in the morning which is less sort of newsy i mean he he was celebrated recently for doing um some reporting from the last young black kid who was uh, mm-hmm. murdered by police last month. I think we've all forgotten about him. Tyree, um, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But, but as an actual, like he's not in the same you know, league no, as some of those guys. I think he's a lightweight. I really do. Um, so it was stupid. I, I said that long ago as well when yeah. I used to watch him. I thought, this, 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 this is a weak link in their evening, uh, in their prime time. And I liked Chris uh, Como. I did. I thought he was strong. I thought he was a bright guy. And, you know, what he did with his brother aside, I think, I think they miss him. Because say what you want about Tucker, he's good at that. He's a shithead, mm. but he's good at that. And Absolutely. I and same with Hannity. They're just mm-hmm. despicable human beings, but they're pretty strong at their gig. They should be. They should be nominated for acting Emmy acting awards. They should mm. be because they're just actors. That's all they are. Yeah. And it's just you know, there's just so more, many morons that just don't know it. Like they they that that's the gospel to them. Like these are real newsmen. Yeah. Where they're just laughing all the way to the bank. They're actors. Well, and, and then just to wrap it up, this uh, how we started this segment is talking about these messages and how they all knew that they were lying. And that, well, that goes to your point. They were just acting on camera mm-hmm. versus reporting the news. And that is the essential difference. Just before we get to some good news, that really is the essential difference between the left wing media and Fox News is at least CNN will report on both sides like Jake Tapper is a news guy. He's not an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is. Uh, this guy's he's, not a, an actor. he's not an actor. He's telling the truth. Let me just let's check his microphone before we get too excited. How are you there, Sherpy? Good morning, everybody. Sounds less computer great. problems today, thankfully. Sounds Beautiful. great. All right. Well, let's get this uh, underway officially and segue out of all that stinking American Fox News rubbish. And welcome back to our program, our weekly visit with a retirement Sherpa, Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. Two questions. Have you been watching Full Swing? Secondly, do you want to talk about your uh, sweet little 8-1 the other day? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? E- easy course. Easy course. Doesn't Short matter. Course. It's an old, old folks course, but you got to put the puck in the net, right? Exactly, so, my mm-hmm. friend. Don't care. Uh, 
81. Yeah, no, it, it was nice. Kind of a funny thing about that uh, before Full Swing, Pals of ours mentioned the show or series, whatever, on um, YouTube called Eccentrics, weird name, but it's like stretching for old folks in essence, right? Okay. And, and uh, you know, whether it's yoga, whether it's whatever, I've always known I should do some. Uh, but Lauren and I have both been doing it and both been golfing better than ever since uh, starting. Wow. Well, I'm excited Ow. for you, man. Down the stretch, were you aware, like, maybe you could come through this with a seven as the first number? Oh, I, I bogeyed myself to death. At the end. <laughs> only, oh, did you? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I, I was, like, two over after 12 or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, right. But, but you know, I, I, I wasn't nervous. Uh, there was definitely a good chance. Just didn't mm-hmm. uh, didn't make the putts. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on that. I can yeah, only dream pretty, of such things. I, I love the fact that, again, Tim being the, the humble man that he is, you know, people will do that. Well, you know, it was an easy course. Or or what I don't like is sometimes if you tell somebody, hey, I had a pretty good score, and they say, well, what tees were you playing? I don't know. The ones I was supposed to. But 81 is still, I don't care where it was. It's a great score. And what about Full Swing? Have you watched any of the episodes? Yeah, absolutely. I heard you talking about it this morning, and uh, I'm kind of underwhelmed by it as well, if that's a fair comment for you. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel a burning desire to see the next one. And I did feel like it's behind the scenes, but I felt like I knew a lot of that stuff already. So um, when the newest stuff, as we commented a little bit on Twitter about, is, is Brooks Kepka's now wife showing him her outfits, yeah. that didn't really... She's attractive. <laughs> she didn't is. do a lot for me. Yeah, and, and it didn't do a lot for Brooks's image, although she did have nice feet. But I did want to say my favorite episode, <laughs> I don't know about you, is the um, Joel Damon one. Well, And, and the, the last one I saw was Tony Finau. But I thought Joel Damon was just like an everyman guy. I think a lot of us can relate to him. He wasn't a, he's never been a big superstar. He's one of those guys, Fred, that would be in NHL terms, just a good sort of third line center. You know what I mean? Like a good right. enough to make the NHL, but he ain't he ain't mm-hmm. going to the All Star game, and you know mm-hmm. a lot of fans would like. But but what did you think about that, Timmy? Just getting to know that kind of personality. Oh, I love that. That was one that uh, that was the last one I watched. So yeah, that's where I think they've got to excel a little bit more. Uh, the Thomas Spieth one is cool because of the relationship those two uh, have. But yeah, hopefully there'll be more. Uh, Joel Damon episode likes and and less uh, Brooks Kepka kind of uh, ones going forward, or even Poulter, much as his son has a University of Florida hat because that's where he plays. Uh, I didn't really care that he and his family were putting on a private jet. That wasn't that exciting to me. Yeah. Well, um, how much more like will we ever see Janet uh, Gretzky in a state of undress through this? Or well, uh, the, the last episode I saw would focus on Dustin, mm. her husband, and Gretzky's son-in-law, and uh, she's a fine, she's a fine, full-figured woman. She's a fine, handsome woman. She's very proud of her body. And she that's is. Fine. That's great self-image. Yes. Also mm. has nice feet. Let's get to mm-hmm. uh, the RRSP. <laughs> let's get Quick, to. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I will say this about Kepka's pool, though. I've never seen anything like it. He's got a sunken living room that leads to this infinity pool, Freddie. It's pretty sweet. Wow. So let's talk about uh, March 1st. Here it is again. We've had this conversation before. Take it away. Retirement Sherpa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, a week ago, uh, I always find it interesting. Hopefully others do. It's the 60th day of the year. So, uh, non leap years, it's, it's March the 1st and, and, uh, Leap years, it's February 29th. So you got a week to go. Uh, one thing I didn't include on here, I mean, you should even consider borrowing to do it, depending on your, your situation. And, uh, interest rates are a little higher, of course, but the, the marginal amount you're going to save is probably appreciably more than the interest will be. And you can just pay, uh, some or all of it back when you get your refund too. But it, it's always a good thing. It's uh, always, uh, worthwhile to have more into the future because hopefully we'll live healthy, active lives when we get there. Uh, yeah. And again, these things work for you on so many levels, right? It's, and, and a lot of people just aren't aware of. The, the different aspects of how they work for you, be it tax, savings, compound interest, on and on and on and on and on. Right. And and deferred tax, of course, is, yeah. is fantastic as well. Uh, you just have to watch, as we talked before, yeah. what are you going to pay when you come out? Because uh, there is uh, the piper to pay at the other uh, end. Uh, make sure you have other streams of income in retirement. You don't just want to have uh, retirement income coming from registered uh, plans. That's the kind of diversification that you need to have too. A cool thing to do is uh, get your refund and put it into a TFSA. There's 6,500 in new room this mm-hmm. year. So that's a great way to get your money working twice for you. you you've got your future income diversification and you're kind of turbocharging your uh, savings. Things are uh, 2023, thankfully, has been a much better year than 22, but things are still lots of stuff on sale out there. So you're buying low. And this isn't part of your notes, but I do have a question. I, I just imagine, I guess the age you're at, because you are the retirement Sherpa. So a lot of people who are listening of retirement age might want to know, is is contrib- contributing to an RSP or TFSA in this case, age specific, like you recommend different things at different stages of a person's life? Sure. Uh, it's definitely, uh, part Howard of, of course, their overall situation and, and everything. Again, if they're super heavy already in RSPs, maybe they don't need to do more, uh, looking forward. Uh, one thing age wise is if you're young, you might not want to do it too early because once you use up a dollar a contribution room, it's gone forever. So to save it when you're making 50,000 a year, uh, isn't going to, you know, save as much taxes for you as if you waited until you're making a hundred a year or, you know, whatever the numbers are. So uh, you got to take that into account. Probably an early age TFSA is more likely to be a slam dunk than an RSP for, uh, for mm-hmm. listeners. Uh, yesterday, uh, and the day before, you know, Joe Biden, uh, Vladimir Putin, jibber jabbering, you know, about what's going on in Ukraine. And you keep hearing the, of the likelihood of maybe a, third world war can you recommend a good nuclear a weaponry uh, company i could invest in <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. looking for a bargain my boy <laughs> like <No>. there... <laughs> <laughs> honestly that's what i'm thinking of what else maybe i don't know maybe you can make some money through this i don't know that's right you'll be there'll be you'll be a will be a scorched there'll be no place to spend it <laughs> But, but you'll have I got done all really this. well. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'd love to buy a cottage, but there ain't none. <laughs> there's no there's no lakes. Um, before you uh, uh, but listen, you don't have to answer that question. Uh, let's let's <laughs> let's finish up. What do you do if you have no room and you want to save taxes? Mm. 
I will quickly answer uh, that one, though. I, I mean, not on the lighthearted part of a serious subject, of course, but, you know, every situation creates opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the world is never static. So even sometimes when we uh, hear uh, bad things uh, by bad hombres or, or whatever, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in that. So uh, the yep. fact that things are in flux, the fact that there's uncertainty, that's not a good area, but in general... Uh, you know, can can create some good good buying opportunities. That's right. A nuclear, a, a, a potential yeah. third world war will recreate some great mm-hmm. buying opportunities. That's not where I was going. I know. I'm just talking for for him. Um, you've got your stuff to do. I get it exactly. Um, and let's finish up with my question, which is a part of your notes. If you do have no room and you want to save taxes as we approach this deadline, Sherpa, what do you say? Yeah, thanks. Well, blessed are those that have used up all their RSP room, whether through a uh, a pension plan or just being good savers and, and that sort of thing. Uh, TFSAs, of course, we mentioned about. Uh, if you're a higher income earner, flow through shares, uh, in, investments in energy and, and minerals and resources in which the tax credits the government uh, gives flows through to the investor. So that, that's uh, a tax saving one. Uh, life insurance can be used like a whole life universal life kind of policy to create some great wealth, some after-tax wealth, something that goes in a different rhythm to the stock market itself. So there's still lots of options. Uh, you, you know, Lauren and I are kind of going through this right now. We were with some great clients last night for dinner who were wintering down here, listeners of the show. And, um, you know, as you get to retirement age, you just don't know how long you'll have the health and and the wealth for us. So I, I don't want to die rich, but I don't want to live poor yeah, either. So, great. you know, saving is a good thing. All right. Well, listen, yes. that was a really great episode of the Retirement Sherpa. I can just see Freddie calling you after the show to buy a bunch of <laughs> nuclear stocks and then just go, come on, Third World War. Come on, Putin. <laughs> um, listen, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Keep stretching. Good. Uh, congratulations on the 8-1. And always a pleasure yeah. being in your presence, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah well, thanks as always. And uh, maybe I'll stand over a ball next round thinking something good might happen. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. Exactly. Thank you, Tim and Lee. Enjoy and profit, boys. Have a great day. Thanks, Tim. You know, you remember when uh, the Iran, I guess it was, I you know, the Gulf War started. I, I bought a bunch of uh, gold. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I then, forgot. I, I forgot about so that. So the idea was you buy gold because there was going to be this war. And uh, the one that was on CNN in 1991 or whatever the year was. Mm-hmm. And then it was over so quickly that the price of gold didn't go up. Mm-hmm. And I lost a bunch of money. <laughs> so that was before I... For- I'm- yeah, I forgot about that one. I did the, the the one I remember was the water filters more than yeah, it was different. This was different than yeah. the filters, but <laughs> by the way, I think the everybody only, needs clean water. Fuck, I'm going to be a millionaire. That's right. The only person that bought a filter is with us right now, about to do the news. Sweet, <laughs> uh, made sense at the time. Sweet angel Dan Duran. No, here's yeah. t- oh, I know what I want to tell you before uh, Dan Duran's news. <sighs> so I um. Listen, I'm uh, completely aware that there's going to be a huge storm in Ontario. So don't think I'm saying this unaware of that. But yesterday, you know, I'm uh, here near uh, the ocean. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, appearing out of nowhere, Dan and Fred, is a, a yacht. The kind of thing you just see in the movies. 
I, I don't even have it's I can't describe how big it was Dan it was probably like five or six or seven stories so well, like a billionaire's as, lot absolutely yeah. okay. so not as big as a cruise ship but bigger than anything I'd ever seen certainly the entire day I would look out from time to time and everyone on the beach has got binoculars out and it might it was maybe a thousand yards or whatever it wasn't that far offshore and I, it was funny for me because I was watching the people watch it all day because it was quite, quite the spectacle. You know, for the average person, you don't see those kind, kind of things. You didn't have binoculars? No. I wonder if it was Leonardo DiCaprio with a bunch of teenage girls because uh, he likes to do that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm getting at. So I, I went well, out and, and it's later in the afternoon, still like this, it was still there and people were still, ga- there was quite the buzz on the beach. And then I saw something that made me laugh is I saw from behind the yacht, all of a sudden a helicopter took off. Oh, oh really? <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought that's when you know you're rich, when you've got a helicopter on your yacht money. Yeah. And I went down and talked to some friends here that are friends of my, my brother, David and Ruth. And I've gotten to know a little bit. I said, you know, that's what I said. I said, that's how you know you've got a lot of money when you've got a helicopter on your yacht. And she said to me, she says, oh, you know, they're just going for lunch. <laughs> so what? She goes, yeah, yeah they've probably. been watching. They're yeah. just off to lunch. And she, and she seemed to know quite a bit about the yacht because I guess everyone was Googling it. And um, apparently, yeah, they had, the helicopter had to come back twice, guys, because there wasn't enough room for all the guests to go and eat. Wow. wow. Oh, Yeah. So a yacht like that, if you've got a helicopter, you you need to have a helicopter pilot and a mm-hmm. place for the helicopter pilot to to, to hang, know, sleep, yeah. Yeah. hang out in the in the yacht. It's got to be a big yacht. Yeah, it's wow. huge. I guarantee you, there was no there was no worry about did we have enough room for the helicopter pilot. <laughs> it's it's funny where you come from eh, and your different standards or whatever. To me, is super excessive is a Porsche SUV. Like to me, that's like wow, how much money we have, <laughs> yeah. to have to have a Porsche SUV. And these people with their yachts and their helicopters. Oh yeah, this guy could drive a Porsche off his helicopter's yacht every day and not give a shit. <laughs> right. He'd be like, hey, you want to see something funny? What are you going to do? I'm going to drive this Porsche into the water. No, <laughs> here's to a fella named Anderan, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big band, a quintessential anchor man. His voice is Anderan. Anderan, the anchor man comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto So proud of our boy Fred That after all these years He's finally just given in And doing dick jokes on his own now yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> really, really proud of it. With him. news and views and more boner humor, here's Dan Duran and Nanana. Scientists think they found a 2,000-year-old dildo in ancient Roman ruins. That's the headline. Here's the details. Archaeologists found a 7-inch-long artifact over 20 years ago in a ditch near Vindolandia. The remains of a Roman fort in, in northern England, once uh, marked at the northwest frontier of the Roman Empire. The tool was initially believed to be a darning tool um, because it was found along, you know, shoes and dress accessories and those kinds of things. Uh, and uh, they also thought it might be used as a pestle, mortar and pestle, mm. or a, a charm to ward off evil. 
but now scientists think that this thing is a dildo and um most of the most of the dildos in the Roman Empire uh, were uh, depicted in uh, in paintings and mosaics, and a small phalli made of metal or bone was commonly worn. Imagine that. That's a thing to ward off evil that people would wear. But this particular one was probably a functioning um, wood. Mm. Do you have the uh, dimensions? People were smaller back then. Does that mean dildos were smaller? Or I wonder if they were... <laughs> If it was life size or not, I think it was. Uh, yeah, uh, I did have a measurement here. I think it was around seven inches. But yeah, I know. Oh, but oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a nice seven inch. One. Well, no, yeah. that's I was going to say seven inches. That was Dan Duran when he was born two thousand years ago. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two thousand years ago. Right. Yeah, see what I did there, Dan. Dan Duran. Dan. He is Dan Duran. Mm. Okay, so should I move on to the set? You know, I've got three other stories here that we could uh, dive into. There's the, right. there's the Super Pig. There's mm-hmm. also a trailer in the Hamptons selling for a record amount of money. Really? Crazy. And then Donald Trump, who uh, thinks uh, w- there should be a competency, competency I can't right. even say that, uh, test, yeah. which he, uh, he truth-shouldered co- out there. Yeah, a cognitive thing. Yeah. Because he thinks against Biden, he'd win hands down. But, again, you know, cognitive is one thing. Um, insanity is another. Like, how about that? How do you but test anyway. for insanity? I guess mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Howard? Should he do the pig uh, story, uh, the Trump uh, story, or the, uh, what was the other one, Dan? It was the uh, millionaire trailer. The millionaire trailer. Billionaire trailer, yeah. Billionaire trailer. Hmm. Um, I like uh, all things pig, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we did tease that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll, we'll hold off on these others mm-hmm. for another day. Okay, so Canadian super pigs are invading the U.S. <laughs> the <laughs> Canada's super pig, a giant, incredibly intelligent, highly elusive beast capable of surviving cold climates by tunneling under the snow, wow. is poised to infiltrate the country south of us. It's uh, a, a super pig. It apparently, is a crossbreeding uh, domestic pigs with wild boars. Mm. Uh, they never thought there would be a problem because, you know, a pig couldn't make it through the winter, but apparently mm-hmm. they do. They, they bore into snow things, and then they, they take reeds with their... Uh, yeah, they're very smart, and they make a, a little den, and then they, uh, they survive the winter no problem. And it's very difficult to hunt these pigs because they're so smart. Once you, you shoot one of them, they realize that this is not a good thing, and they become nocturnal, and they, uh, they head off to swamps and things to get out of the way. Uh, at night, so uh, I guess what has worked in in the past is poison. That's one technique to get rid of them. Uh, there has also been uh, the Judas pig, where you uh, you get one pig to get out there with a collar on, and then mm-hmm. round up a whole bunch of other pigs. You know, because it's a social pig, mm. and uh, and then you uh, trap all of them at once. But this has become such a problem that that the idea of eradicating them has is no longer. Uh, in the cards, it's just like trying to control the situation as they uh, they do. A, a Why can't you shoot them? I wonder if the if it's good pork. Like, well, I like, think it, it probably is. But the problem is, if you shoot one, then it's difficult to find the rest, and they just oh, scatter. because they, they scatter, yeah. And become mm. uh, uh, you know, nocturnal, and then you really difficult. To <laughs> Nothing an AR fifteen couldn't fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, AR-15s solve all problems. Oh, that's yeah. right. Well, that's what, I, um, that's what they're used mm. for. 
Jesus, they can outrun that? They yeah. must be fast. If a, pig, mm. if a pig breaks into your house, you have to have an AR-15. Of course. <laughs> right. Of course. By the way, there's some nice pork down here. I've had some nice pork. Yeah, there was some Dominican, too. The pork was tasty. So really, was really chicken. good. No additives and all that shit well, down there, right? Well, I don't mm-hmm. care about that stuff. Um, I had a pork fillet with a uh, mushroom and shrimp sauce, Howard. A was to die for. Oh, tell me more, please. With tell roast me. potatoes on Ooh, the side. very nice. Excellent. Done to perfection. You know what they haven't mu- solved down here in Mexico? Is the, uh, is the bubble chicken, the rotisserie chicken. It's, it's okay. It's not as good as our rotisserie chickens, but I've, I've had a couple of them for the convenience. You know, the kind of thing when, they, when they're hot, they're sort of tasty, but the next day they don't have the same, they, don't, they seem a bit greasy down here. Right. Where are you getting them? Like at a grocery store? Yeah, at the uh, Chadarawi. I go to the oh, supermarket. The, super, the supermercado. In that area, don't they have like uh, a street chicken? Like uh, No. Not where I am. No way. Eh? No street chicken. Wow. I'll tell you what they do have on the street, though, is there's a guy, and I've been seeing him now. Playa del Carmen, they do. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's a guy who, Dan, whose job is underneath, an over, underneath the overpass, mm-hmm. sits there every day with his wife and his kid, and he's got a, a fruit stand set up, and he just cuts mango, and he puts it in like a go cup, and people stop and buy it. And so the other day, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try it. And it was delicious. 50 pesos for a huge mm. cup of mango. You don't want to drag so it's all, mango. It's all, it's all cut up. All cut up. So there's no seed in the mango. Nothing at all, my friend. Oh, wow. It was fantastic. And this is like you pull over? Just pull yeah. over. Yeah, people just randomly pull over. And I, I drove by it every day. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this guy's mango. And it was fantastic. Is it drive through Like, do you have to like, get <laughs> out of the car? See, you do have to get out of the car. It's not a drive through <laughs> You know, the... Uh, we had mango and uh, Dominican, and it wasn't uh, it looked good, but it didn't deliver. Mm. That is too bad. <laughs> For whatever reason. It is really too bad. As a matter of fact, we were in Dominican Republic, and there wasn't a lot. Like, you can't get blueberries. Strawberries hard to get. That type of fruit is hard to get. Mm. It, you, you just assume that you're in a Caribbean island. The fruit will be uh, plentiful, bountiful everywhere. Yep. And it just it wasn't. And I... I re- even remember that about Mexico. There were certain items that you would assume they would have. They didn't. Well, here's the thing. I had this conversation with my friend Janet, the nutritionist, yesterday. I said, you know what's great down here is avocado. It's fantastic. Yes. It, it's, it's fresh, and it, it just seems different. What's not Isn't that as, the home of guacamole? Exactly. What's not, but, but what's weird is, speaking of guacamole, the tomatoes at the local grocery store that I've been shopping at, not that great. Weirdly, Did you so. see where they came from when you bought them? Did it say where they came from? I didn't see where they came from, but it is, I, you would think that they would come from around here or somewhere, but they do not. I don't imagine a tomato to be a tropical fruit uh, or vegetable. Yeah, but honest. you know the the, the the climate here, you'd think they would be. You know, yeah, great to, to grow away. Oh, and there's and and By the way, coconut way overrated. And the, the same thing with um, bananas down there in Dominican. They were they were small but very tasty. Mm. And then the bananas you get up here, the chiquita, you know, the big long ones, and oh, they yeah. don't have as much taste. You think again? What are they putting in these effing things? The dandaran bananas. Yeah. Um, okay. Listen. Thank okay. you very. Okay. Thank you very much to uh, Simon Rakoff for that uh, appearance. Tomorrow we have a lot. Uh, some of your emails, if you want to get some in uh, today, humble and fred at humbleandfredradio.com. 
No, let me take that out of the extra then. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I don't have much to say at the end of the show. That's one of the things I say, right? Okay, well, I apologize. Okay, let me eliminate that. Uh, you don't have to. You could just reiterate no, it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't want to... Okay. Get, and I hope your cold feels better tomorrow. Dan Duran will have a report on Dan Duran's cold. Me too. And, um, and uh, we will continue to mourn for our friend Clifford. The, uh, we're sitting, yeah. Right now we're sitting dog shiva for, for Clifford. <laughs> How long does that mm-hmm. last? Time? Seven days. Seven days oh, of really? dog shiva. Yeah. Mm. Okay, for you people who don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Um, and uh, yeah, you still have time to get your $75 in to the Dan Duran Clifford <laughs> Fund. Dan Duran right. said for Clifford Fund. Yeah, I haven't done my research on the uh, on which place to donate uh, to yet. Well, we'll find. I do that. I'll do that today. <laughs> okay, I'll do that today. Yeah, it really is the uh, you know it's the age of the grift, eh? Mm-hmm. Everybody's grifting. It's like an, you know you mentioned uh, Jamie Saleh, Saleh, you know, and you know Theron Flurry. I mean, that's all about the grifting. And again, they're preying on vulnerable, over the top religious people. It's it's really sickening. Yeah, we never talked about her list of people she wants to see yeah. uh, executed publicly. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. That's always fun. And, you know, and they're running around the country selling tickets to go into a theater and listen to their shit. And it's sad, but it's where we're at nowadays. You know, if we had more energy, we, we, could, we could make up some shit and just get people. But, you know, we don't have the energy we did once. Plus, we don't like to leave our houses. No, and we're nice people. We wouldn't. We no. wouldn't prey on the vulnerable. No, we, we wouldn't. wouldn't. That's why you're buying stock in nuclear arms. <laughs> how much? How much do they charge to go see them? What's the cost? You know what? Um, I don't know, Dan. Like I don't know, fifty bucks. Yeah, like ticket prices. You know, it's not like a donation. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should go. Just but really, if you cared that doing. much about society and you were that concerned about, like, why are you charging anything if you need to get this message out? Like, piss off. Who do you think you're fooling? Well, we've got some. We've, see, we've already started tomorrow's show. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all our emails. You know how to get a hold of us because Howard's already said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Liking and subscribing helps us out, so do that. Uh, also, giving hearts and stars. You know, people, you know, look at the ratings and they say, oh, okay, then we need to try that thing out. And it might be the Humble and Fred Show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, life is special. Treat it that way. And enjoy every goddamn day. Destination, a little up the road from the habitations and the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?